What is this? A center for ants? Me? Welcome, 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 welcome to NFM. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hey, I know you guys were expecting a podcast today because I didn't have it on the schedule, but guess what? We're doing it anyway. Whether you're ready or not ready, I'm ready. Sharon is here. Sharon's ready. So we're going to do it today. Sharon, introduce yourself first, and then I'm going to get into the meat of of what we're going to talk about today. Okay. My name is Sharon Darrow, and I've been in Sacramento for most of my life. I'm a writer and publisher. Welcome, welcome. So glad that you found NFM, came by. I'm looking forward. So we're actually doing an event for these guys, and uh, we thought we should talk about it. Now, I'm going to tell you this. To be fair, Sharon maybe does, I mean, I think I hinted at this the last time when I saw her, um, but she's going to do another podcast. It's not just this podcast. She thinks that this is all we're doing. No, we're not. We're going to do another one, too, because you had a very interesting story last time when I talked to you, and that's what we're going to talk about later. But today, we're, we're going to save it. Today, we're going to talk about the uh, Northern California publishers and authors, but this is not your last podcast with me. I hope you know that. Sounds good to me. <laughs> just, just so you know, this is not your last one. You're definitely going to get to do another one. Um, if you guys out there tuning in, our Ant Avengers are in here. Uh, what is everybody telling us that we're too quiet? Why are they saying we're too quiet? Everything looks great on my end. Why is it so quiet on your end? Let's find out. Can't be this. Can't be that one. Could be that. Shouldn't be that. Let's find out what's going on here. Looks like our mics are low for some reason. I'm going to fix it though. All right, how's that? Is that better? Does that sound better for you guys? We're lucky we have people that we we have live chat, so people are jumping in the chat right away to tell us, hey, your mic sounds low. But it looks good to me. Let's see. More for Les is out there. Les is always in there in the chat. Let me know what's going on. Uh, somebody's still saying we're too quiet. Oh, she said it's better. All right, good. I didn't mean to be too far away. Sharon, talking there again? Let's see. Let's do a check. Okay. Yeah, you Sharon sound great. Dara. Sharon sounds great. She sounds good on my end. Hopefully, she sounds good on your end. If not, you guys will definitely let me know later. Uh, but Sharon's with the uh, Northern California Publishers and Authors, and we're going to find out what they do and how the Amvenders can help them. we got to figure out what we can do for these guys. So, Sharon, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Well, the Northern California Publishers and Authors is one of several writers' groups here in the Sacramento area. Uh, Our members actually cover a wider area than Sacramento. But all the different writing groups have a slightly different focus. And ours is on publishing as well as writing. And we work hard to assist our writers in being published. And the two things that we do that are different from anybody else... First of all, we have an annual book competition, and this is our 28th year at it. Um, And books come in to us from literally all over the country. You don't have to be a member to submit a book. We have fine panels of judges in several different categories, and this allows people to submit it to get recognition for their work, and it helps them with their reputation. Our contest is fairly small, but I've been doing it for eight years now, and my goal has been to see it grow, not just in numbers of books submitted, 
but to build a reputation for integrity and quality. Wow. The second thing that we do, and this is especially important for brand new writers who perhaps haven't published anything yet, but we have put out two anthologies a year for the last couple of years. We've got one that will be debuting at our Book Awards banquet on June 5th. You have to be a member to submit a short story, but this is a chance for someone to send in a story, have it reviewed and gone over by editors, and then to have it published so they can say legitimately that they are a published author. Even if they haven't gotten to a book length yet, they've published a short story and it's out there. And that has been a really exciting thing for a lot of brand new authors. Wow. So how how tough is it? I mean, I, I, mean, I know you guys focus on people that are, are self-publishing. Um, how hard is it for them to get involved with your group? Very, very easy. We have a website. It's norcalpa.org. They can go on, check us out. Uh, you don't have to be a member to um, even become a contact so that you get the emails and information about events and learn about it. We have monthly meetings, and people are always welcome to attend. You do not have to be a member, and there's no cost to come to a meeting. Just come join us and learn and listen. Uh, we do have benefits that for members only, and becoming a member is very simple. And it only, it only costs $40 a year, which oh, I wow. think is pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah, considering gas prices, that's pretty reasonable. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then what's... So you guys have... No, so there's an event coming up, which we actually are going to be involved in. This is your... Is this your big... Your, um, your contest? This is the annual banquet where the um, winners of the various awards are announced. And the different categories of books that we have... Uh, for this year, there's been general fiction, um, nonfiction, memoirs, children and young adults, and poetry. And in those five categories, we have an, we have separate judges for each category, so they're experts in their field, and nobody gets to find out who won until the banquet. Nice, good. I, I actually get to be there. I get to be part of, of this yes. show, which I haven't. This will be my first awards banquet, so. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> for having us there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to have a lot of fun. And I I'm think you'll add it. something a lot for us. I'm looking forward to it. It'll definitely be different. There's, um, you know, a million storytellers out there, but not everybody can tell a story. And so for me to, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I am love to read. I'm an avid reader. I read all the time. Uh, but I never really, I don't really get to meet those authors, right? You just live through those books. So that's our only only chance that we get to to, to know anything about them. So I'm looking forward to actually being there and, and, and getting to actually meet some of these people that write some of these books. And that is really exciting. The first time I uh, was writing and getting published, working through a publisher, mm-hmm. uh, I was told, you've got to go to a meeting and meet other writers or other authors and learn your your craft a little better. I was in such awe to walk into a room and think all these people really wrote books. I mean, I just was thrilled to be in their company. And it's amazing. But the writing community has been so generous sharing their knowledge, their ideas, the things they do to help with marketing. Mm. I think you will find yourself in a very welcoming space. Good. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to just to seeing all these creative people in one place, too, because, you know, usually 
artists kind of tend to they, they hunker down to get into their own little space where they're comfortable and then that's kind of it you don't see them until they come out with something well there's actually another place and it'll be in July that is not an NCPA exclusive event but it's something you, uh, the people out there might enjoy coming the state fair there's a booth at the state fair it's been there for about 27 years but it's a fairly well kept secret it's called California Authors Booth and every single day there are seven or eight authors there with their books and they're there to talk and to share and of course sell books if people want to but to talk about their writing and sign books if people have them many people don't buy books but they get to meet the authors and then later perhaps they will but it's a lot of fun and for anyone that enjoys reading that's a great place to go on the fair be sure and check out the california authors booth okay that one sounds that that one sounds interesting all right so for for one second i'm gonna i'm gonna pause us for a second and i'm gonna i'm gonna check something really quick because i think i figured out why they're having a music issue here because they can't they can't hear us as well as we can hear us and so i'm gonna fix that really quick so i'm gonna pause for one second just relax you guys are out there just enjoy our um this we'll dedicate this to marcel marceau the, the, the very famous uh, mime, right? So you guys got 30 seconds of Marcel. We'll figure this out really quick. I think I know why. All right. And I'm sure Les is going to tell us. Les, does that sound better? Because I think I figured out what the problem was. I think we we're actually picking up this mic right here. But I think now it should be better. So let's give me a thumbs up. Let me know in the chat. More for Les is in there. She's actually doing our um, our, our microphones. Um, she's always my mod in the chat. She tells me everything that's happening. Perfect. There it is. That was exactly what it was. So if you guys could only hear us a little bit before, hopefully that's all fixed. Uh, it's because my camera was the microphone. So <laughs> it was set up for our um, our uh, Twitch podcast. So that's why we're not on Twitch. Nobody can see us. It's just me and you in the room. So the, the cameras are not working, but we're good. All right. Everything's perfect. We're back to it now. So um, I'm going to tease a little bit. And let let you start to tell a little bit of a story. But you don't have to finish it because you're going to do this podcast again. Okay. But you had me actually transfixed when we met last week because you said your daughter talks to ghosts. Yes. Okay. You have to like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said tease not to finish. Yes. My daughter uh, sees ghosts and then she's not able to move them on. So she gets a hold of me and we work as a team. So I can find out what they're here for and help send them on. Okay. So now you guys have the tea. So that's the story that had me transfixed, but you don't write about that. Yes, I have. Oh, you have written about oh, yes. that. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. Good. I'm glad because if not, <laughs> you were going to write one today, a short story at least. So how, how did you figure out that this was a talent that your daughter had, but also that you guys had to work together in order to... To complete this whole cycle. Well, we didn't really know, but she st- um, told me that she kept seeing people or she would have these dreams and felt like someone was visiting her when she was sleeping. And it was upsetting. She didn't know what they were or what to do. And when she told me, it was like instantly I could say, oh, okay. This person looked like such and such. This is what he was wearing. This is what he was doing. And she yeah. Wait, but you were, she was seeing them, not you, but you could Correct. describe them. Correct. I knew what they looked like, what they were doing, and whether or not they were benign 
or just gentle visitors or what. And she has no filters. It's like she attracts energy uh, like a lighthouse that pulls in everything from a kayak to an ocean cruiser. Wow. So they're not always things that should be around her. And I could tell immediately and was able to get them to leave. Or if they had an issue that needed to be resolved, then I could do that. But she sees them all the time. I don't see them. But the minute they connect, I feel them and know who they are through my connection to her. So she's kind of the middleman of the whole thing. Yes. So she sees them, but you feel them. Yes. But she doesn't necessarily feel them. She sees them. She And the, her biggest problem is she doesn't know what to do with them. She If they yeah, need I, to be I, sent I, I on, can she you, can't. You wouldn't know what to do with them. No, <laughs> absolutely not. So how... All right. So tell us what you wrote about this. You have a book that yes. is, is it fiction or it's just based on what you guys have been going through? I have, have a memoir through. that I wrote several years ago and I just now got it back from the editor and we'll be relaunching it. My memoir is called From Hindsight to Insight, a traditional to metaphysical memoir. Mm. And it has a lot of stories, including the ones of my daughter and I sharing different events. And it, talks about when I wanted to be able to do things and I couldn't do anything. But then the gifts began to grow as I relaxed and let it happen instead of trying to grasp and make this happen. And uh, I tell people every story in there is true. If that makes someone uncomfortable because of their belief structure, that's okay. Just consider it entertainment from a crazy woman. As long as you enjoy it, I don't care. <laughs> that's amazing though. And how old was your daughter when she first said, I, I, I just saw somebody and you felt it? She was an adult. She oh, she was, was an adult. Yeah. So was there something that precipitated that? Was there just uh, an event or anything or just all of a sudden she just woke up and said, oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, I see ghosts today. Well, it was shortly after she became the mother of twins who at the age of 18 months, we learned were both autistic. Ah. So some major stresses in her life and this began to happen. She may have seen them at earlier ages, but not really known what was going on and not shared it with me. I don't know. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Well, that now sounds like I got to talk to your daughter too. Well, I could wheel her in. I mean, that sounds like that. Like, <laughs> oh, she's amazing. She we need to have the conversation is. with everybody so we can get all sides of it and maybe she'll see something. No, I don't want her to see anything here. <laughs> now that I think about it, I don't want her to see anything here. We're too close to the, uh, the, the historical society, which makes me think there may be some, um, you know, some lingering ghosts hanging around here to see what's what. Oh, I love cemeteries. You never know what you find there. All, all dead people. That's what you find there. But a lot of times <laughs> you get visions too. And that's fabulous. I mean, I, it could be fabulous. It could be horrible. <laughs> have you seen anything that, that frightened you or did, did have, have you ever, uh, or has your daughter seen something that she didn't know what to make of it? And you said, Oh no, that's gotta go. Well, at the time, we didn't know what it was. She started having horrific dreams prior to Katrina. Mm. Dreams that woke her up and horrified her of buildings covered with water, the streets full, bodies floating. And it happened several nights in a row. And they were so realistic. They terrified her. And I had no idea what was happening. And neither did she. And then Katrina happened and mm. the scenes from her dream were on the television. Oh, so then it made sense to her. She yes. was able to put that together. Oh, yes. this is what I was saying. That this, this event happening. Yes. Wow. All right. Now I'm a little spooked out now. So 
All right, let's get back to this then. All right, so so that that was our teaser. So we mm-hmm. now we now have the basis for the next podcast because I told you definitely coming back to do it because we need to talk about that because that sure. I, that stuff fascinates me. Everybody loves a good ghost story, but a true ghost story even better. Sure, there's got to be there. I mean, I know that's not your only story, so you're you're, you're definitely coming back, Sharon. Good, thank you good. for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. All right, so let's get back to this. So, um, big awards ceremony coming up on June the fifth. Uh, I, I and the wizard are actually going to be hosting that, which I don't best of luck again to you guys for uh, bringing us in to host, but we're excited about it. Looking forward to it. Well, we are looking forward to it too. Very, very much. So. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to use up all my funny on this podcast and I'll try to save some for your event. Um, and hopefully something, the funny thing is me and Ron, who you, I don't honestly don't know what you guys are going to get. He and I just, uh, you know, we just have this rapport. And so sometimes something happens. Usually something happens. And most of the time it's funny, but uh, best of luck. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this time. Well, I'm looking forward to watching you walk in the door after we discuss the dress code. So I'm excited for that. Oh, man. (laughs) So I I asked Sharon at our our original meeting if there was a dress code. And she informed me that that there is a possibility that there would be a one young lady who was just going to show up as she was, as she was born <laughs> completely naked and just said, that's it. You, you see what you see. So that made that my dress code was going to be so much easier because I, I figured my speedo was going to be just fine all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, like I told you, we usually draw the line at speedos and flip-flops. Other than that, we're fine. <laughs> my my flip-flops are leather though. At least they're nice flip-flops. There you go. What, what more can I ask? <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I, I cannot vouch for Ron. I just want you guys to know that. Remember, he just walked in off the street. I don't know him other than, <laughs> you know, he, and this is how we met. He literally walked in the door. My door was unlocked one day and he walked in. I never met him before. He just came in and said, Hey, are you the aunt? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm the wizard and we've been friends ever since. And he's been doing the show. So I, I can't vouch for him anywhere beyond that point when he walked in that door. It sounds so much like the way I, best, I met my very best friend. So I, I believe it. <laughs> walked in, just walked in your door? No, I was doing kitten rescue. I rescued 514 bottle fed kittens over many, many, many years. And I went to um, a rescue group and this lovely woman was talking and my husband and I both commented that she was absolutely beautiful. Her bone structure, her complexion, just gorgeous. She called me a couple of weeks later because someone found a brand new litter. And she told me who she was. And I said, oh, I remember you. My husband and I were there. And we both commented that you are just gorgeous. You have cheekbones I would have killed for. <laughs> oh, thank you. I said, yes, I hate you. I would have killed for those cheekbones when I was in school. <laughs> and we've been best friends for about 25 years after that. She oh. laughed. That was it. Yeah. The threat of murder. That's a, that's a way to, that's there how you, you forge some, um, some <laughs> friendships. I actually, my best from uh, my best friend from, from high school, junior high school, same thing. He and I got into a little, a little spat and we've been friends ever since. And oddly enough, I don't speak to anybody else. From high school, but him, he's the guy that I got into a fight with. So <laughs> I don't know what that, what that says about anything. Um, how many authors are you guys expecting to, to show up to, to your event? Oh, we'll probably have about um, maybe 20, 25 authors and their um, better halves. Right. We may have more. A lot of the authors may not have books this year that they're past winners and it's fun to come and see what's going on. And, Actually, it could be more than that because we also give an award called a risk taker award, 
for someone who was in the just published anthology. Mm. And the purpose of that doesn't mean it's the best or the most exciting story. Maybe it's an author that has improved dramatically since their first, you know, the first time they sent it in and we've had to work with them. Or it's someone who's written something totally out of their comfort zone. So they never really know. But that's a very exciting award because it's usually for someone who has not written before. That's amazing. And how many, how many, where do you find your judges? How many judges do we have for these books? For the judges? Oh, I get online and do whatever. This year for our poetry judges, we had a former uh, Sacramento Poet Laureate. And he's a uh, professor named Mm. uh, Robert Stanley. We also had a woman who has been a past gold winner in our poetry contest. And she is, again, very active in the the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, our fiction authors, one of them is local and two of them for Texas. But they both do a lot of reading and working in fiction right. work. So they could be local. They could be writers. They could be teachers. Ah. And readers that simply love what they do right and then so uh, how often do you get do do your um, out-of-town judges come to be a part of this event well even if they can't come in and it's not always something that they can do uh, we try and have it on zoom as well so that they can participate that way and that's how we do our judging too just doing a number doesn't really solve the problem because people's perceptions are different so each year even though the judges send me a written sheet on what they consider the values of a particular book we actually get together via zoom and they talk about the books and they champion their favorites and they'll say oh this one was good but various Mm. problems and by the time they're finished with their discussion the ones that come in first and second and whatever may not be the ones that got the highest number score or the second, but they're able to talk it out. So it's much more human and the judging is more in depth mm. than you'll find with a lot of other competitions. Right. And then how long do they have to judge these? So these, these all get submitted. How long, how long ago have these stories been submitted? Well, I'll just tell you the way it's going to be set up for next year. Starting October 1st, we'll start accepting submissions. We will except the last submissions on January 31st. So people have those months to send their books in. Okay. And as soon as they begin coming in, I have to box and ship them out to my judges. Gotcha. Then we have a judges meeting, which will be in April. So the last competition books come in January 31st. So they have all of February and March to read and judge in gotcha. case they get the deluge at the end and make their decisions in April. And then we have our banquet scheduled for May. Gotcha. So we don't want to overwhelm them. I see. That makes sense. All right. And wow. And how many judges did you say? Just I had five categories and I had three judges for every category. Oh, wow. And That's all, a lot of judges. So are every judge only judges that one category or do you have judges that judge in multiple categories? I have categories? a couple of judges that, that judge in multiple categories. Okay. It depends. Sometimes out there begging, please, right. I need someone in this category. <laughs> um, and some people are quite knowledgeable. So they're perfectly capable of judging in multiple. It just depends. It's a big commitment. Right. I try and commit that they won't have to read more than 15 books. But 15 books, if they're a full-length novel, if they're doing fiction, and then having to go through the the physical judging and evaluate, that's a lot for someone who has a life. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I, I would imagine that those, the, I mean, so these judges are doing it for the love of the, of, of books though. Yes, these guys are. love reading. They love, they love writing and just being a part of that. I'm sure is, is amazing for them. Yes. And we appreciate them very much. We try not to have them do it more than three years because they can burn out. And I think fresh faces is always good. A organization or an event can get stale if it's the same old people. Right. So right. we try and keep changing it up. Okay. And then how do you, how do you determine who can be a judge? Well, I get to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Tough work for you. And someone who is interested, I'll send out information. And if they are interested in being a judge, I ask them to fill out an application to give me an idea of what they've done. And then I, of course, go online and check them out. Do they have a webpage? Uh, Have they published a lot of books? What's the uh, quality of their work Mm -hmm. to get an idea of their background? And if they appear to meet our needs and they're excited, then they'll probably be a judge for at least one year. Wow. That's very cool. So that's a lot tougher. So we do, uh, I do a show here where we, um, we have submissions of, of, of people who put their, they put their music out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we don't go through any of that process. It's just us and our ears and we tell them if we like it or we don't like it. So yours is way more professional than ours than what we do. Well, one of the reasons we do that though, is because when someone goes, whether it's into a bookstore or on an online bookstore and they look at that book and it says that it's an award winner and the cover looks poorly done or they get the book and the interior is very poorly done. That's not a very good reflection on us. Right. Right. And we want them to do their very best work. The anthology is a way for them to learn and polish their work. Mm -hmm. And the book competition is a way for them to put their best work forward to see how well it compares with others. And we'll let them know if the judges have comments on things that that maybe they would have gotten that gold except, mm-hmm. or maybe they would have gotten an award except there's so many typos throughout it and they didn't catch that. Right. So we want them to know and improve. Right. And do you guys, I mean, I'm assuming that, I mean, it's a, you guys have a huge network here. Um, are, I'm, I'm guessing that your, your new authors probably have access to a lot of that because of what you guys are doing. Hey, here's an editor that you may think about that can help you for this next, next time. Exactly. And one of the things that we, that I just started and two more will be added next year is critique groups. If there's anybody, and I'm sure there's lots of people in your audience that will say, Hey, I'm working on a book or I'm thinking of a book. One of the things you need is a critique group. And that's a group. Um, well, I'm running one for nonfiction right now, and I've done a lot. I've published quite a few books, so I have experience. The other people in have a, a variety of experience, right. and we all submit work every single month, and everybody in the group critiques one another's work. Mm. This teaches you to have a little thicker skin because yeah. it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. But it also teaches you to have a discerning eye because you're critiquing other people's work. And that is something that every writer needs. Kind of ruins your casual reading though. Yeah. When bet. I'm reading a book and I'm going, look at that. That's the wrong POV up. Oh, there's all those passive verbs again. What's right. wrong with these people? <laughs> you know, the funny though, I mean, what you do and what we do is similar in that, you know, we're also, we're doing the same thing. We're judging that music. Um, but when we do it, 
you know, and I always have to go back and tell them, don't forget, I'm not really your audience. You made that music. That music wasn't really made for me. It was made for somebody else and, you know, and that person. And so I like having a lot, you know, we get a lot of input from our chat room. We get a lot of input from our guests that might show up. Um, and, and we get their input as well, because just because I hear something technically that doesn't sound correct, doesn't matter if the guy that's that, you know, that he that bought the record is dancing to it. He doesn't care about that, obviously, because it made him dance. And I'm assuming there's a little bit of that, too, in what you guys do. If if you like the book, you like the book. That's very true. And in fact, the judging that we just did, and I'm not going to say the name or what it was, one particular book, the author had improved. It was a second edition. She had redone mm. it. And it was so much better. But the judges found a lot of typos. Right. And, but the book was still so good. They figured, well, we want to. It actually would have gotten a gold except for one thing that was so egregious. And this, someone else may not have even noticed. Right. A lot of books in the front will have a forward. Right. But forward is spelled F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D. Right. Hers was spelled F-O-R-W-A-R-D. Right. <laughs> As in moving. <laughs> exactly. And that just screams amateur. Right. And how that got by an editor and a publisher, I don't know. But we could not, in good conscience, give a goal to that with an error that was so blatant. Right, right. So... That's a little I, I, bit like your technical versus yeah. the quality of the work. And that's tough love right there. That's it what is. That is. That's tough love saying, hey, we loved it, but this one thing. Exactly. That's got to be tough. Like you said, it's probably really tough for you to just read a book for fun at this point. Oh, I'm reading constantly. I'll read two, three books a week at least. So, And I try and make it a point of reading every book that's submitted, which is a labor of love. But that way, when I meet the authors, I know their work. Right. And I can recommend their work. And to me, that's a huge thing. Uh, when I meet someone and I ask, well, do you like to read? What genre do you like? Now, if they mention my genre, I'm certainly going to tell them about my books. Of course you are. <laughs> but if they mention something that I don't write, I want to be able to say, well, fantastic. Let me give you a name of two or three local authors that write in your genre and you're going to love them. Right. And that just feels fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and in those meetings, how many times have you said, Hey, come to our group and, or submit into our group and they come and they have become big time winners and then followed up and became judges for you. I know it's happened at least once. Many times. She's not a judge because she always submits that there's a young woman that I met at the fair and she writes and publishes children's books. She's mm -hmm. amazing. And many of her books, well, not many, but several actually have both English and Tagalog, the Filipino language, right. because that's where she's from. And uh, we met, she came to a meeting. She is a member. She has submitted many books that have won high awards. Wow. She now is publishing other people's children's books. I encourage her to do that. Wow. And she's even a member of our board and it helps put on our awards every year. So that's just because we met at the fair. She's wonderful. That's amazing. See, those are, those are the stories that people like though. We, we want to see that person that, that went through what I went through, right? Like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. And here's a person can say, Hey, I did exactly what you guys are trying to do. Well, and there's another one that I think of. It's a woman I met at a library book signing that we had. And she came up and she said, well, she'd written a book. She had emigrated from Portugal 
And she still had a very strong accent, but she said she just finished a book and she wrote it for her family. And it was about their life in Portugal and how they came to the United States. And I said, well, you've got to submit your book to our competition. Trust me, people will care. There are other immigrants. She did. She won first prize in the memoir category. Wow. And she hasn't Right out the gate. (laughs) She did. It was very well done. She hasn't written any other books, but she's had many speaking engagements with groups of immigrants, especially those from Portugal. Right. So she has enlarged her life hugely because we met and she was able to say, well, I wrote one. And I was thrilled to meet her. She's a great lady. I have, um, there's people, there's people in the chat, by the way, that are listening right now saying, submit, just, just do it. They're, they're, <laughs> they're kind of laughing about the whole forward thing in here too. Uh, spelling counts says, says producer Dan. So producer Dan is, uh, he actually started this podcast with us. Oh. So he and I did the first few podcasts together. Uh, he said, yeah, spelling counts. We all work for a school district as well. So <laughs> we're, we're pretty serious about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlington says she never makes mistakes. So there's our, our next editor. We can use Marlington as an editor. Uh, if we need to use her, uh, somebody asks, is there a reader's choice category? We haven't done that, but that's an interesting concept. The problem there, though, is how we would put them out to a variety of readers. Now, what we have done in the past, but I don't list it as a category as such. Occasionally, there's a book that is so head and shoulders above everything that we call it a judge's choice award, but we do not do that every year right it's only on those years when there literally is a book that is just head and shoulders above everything right yeah and then we do award that special judge's choice award we have um the the original podcast was me my buddy doc um and doc is an avid reader and when he goes on vacation he doesn't want to do anything but read books and he'll tear through eight nine books in a week's time it's Mm -hmm. it's amazing how fast he reads so he's getting a lot of love in the chat. Everybody's saying, you got to get Doc in there. Doc's got to come in because he reads so much. It's, I, I thought that I read a lot of books. So I'll usually read usually three books at a time. I usually have three going like something uh, this, you know, just for me, something fun. And then I'll try to read something that's kind of I, I, I like to read a lot about art because I do music and stuff. So I, I read a lot of artists um, stuff. But it doesn't have to be music. It can be television artists. It can be you know, directors. It can be anything. Uh, I like to read something by an artist. And so. I thought I read a lot of books until I met Doc. And now I realize I don't even hardly read anything anymore. Like this guy reads nine, 10 books in a week and I can't even crack open a book nowadays. I just don't have the time. Well, you know, there's one thing about books for the readers that you have out there. Many of them will say, Oh, well, can I go get your book at Barnes and Nobles? A huge percentage of authors now do not have their books in the bookstores because well, there's two reasons. Number one, uh, it depends on how they did their publishing. And a lot of bookstores kind of have their nose in the air when it comes to a uh, book that's not through the traditional publishing. But another thing, and the public doesn't know this, for a bookstore to stock a book, there's two things that they demand from the authors through the distributors. Number one, Bookstores have a very thin margin of profit, so they have to insist on a bookstore or a big discount. The traditional discount is 55% of list. Wow. So if a writer doesn't price it right, his books are not going to get in a bookstore because he's not going to make any money. He can't. The other part is that if a bookstore takes a chance and buys a bunch of books, but they don't sell within 
whatever time frame they want them to turn over, the commitment with the distributor normally is that the distributor has to buy them all back at the exact same price the bookstore paid and pay for them for to be shipped. So if an author, and I know of one, was thrilled, her books were picked up by, I think, I don't know if it was Barnes and Noble or Costco or something. She was thrilled, got that big royalty check. And a year later, she had to pay it all back because they didn't sell. So if you get, you know, those are very difficult decisions for a writer to have to, to cover before they put their books in a bookstore. So they, please make sure they look at online, support your local bookstores. And if there's a book you want to get, have them order it. They can. And right. that way you're supporting both. Right. Yeah, that's tough. How, how, so for you guys, though, um, you're, you're a publisher yourself. Yes. And so how, so for, and what kind of books do you publish? I will publish any kind of, of book, but I have a little rule. And that is because the company's name is Somity Press, Somity is a name I was given and it means inner harmony in Sanskrit. I only want to publish a book that in some small way makes that reader just a little bit better mm. because he in turn will then reflect that in the world. Right. The only two subjects or genres I won't type is erotica. I don't feel that that follows my creed, if you will. Fair enough. Uh, and I don't do children's books because they're very, very specific. I refer them instead to a professional publisher of children's books. Right, right. Other than that, I have one that I just published in February. It's sci-fi. I don't write sci-fi. This is a great book. It's our first. It's called Morphers and Mayhem, and it's wonderful. Shape-shifting uh, mind readers. It's a really good space book. It's very, very good. And then I have one coming out this year. I kind of want to read that one. I'm interested in that. <laughs> well, I'll bring you a copy. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, and I'm publishing another one that is written. It's a second book from a man who served as a cop in Sacramento for 30 years, 20 years as a canine cop and as a bomb squad officer. And he's written a new one. Um, I just threw the idea out to him and he did it to compare what he did then with the way it's done now. Mm. And more importantly, the things that the officers and their families need to support them. He had two close friends kill themselves, other mm. officers. Yeah. He's went to horrific scenes. And back then their, uh, their um, commander would say, Hey, you got to go see a psychiatrist before you're back to work. Just tell him you're fine and get back to work. Right. There was no support. And he's very blunt about the fact that he became an adrenaline junkie. Mm. He was already an alcoholic, lost his family to divorce and everything. Thought about eating his gun several times, mm. but it's it's going to be quite a book. We're very proud of it. I mean, that sounds like quite a book. That's, it will be. Yeah, that's 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 tough. Yes, these guys. I mean, these officers go through a lot. Yes, they do in more ways than you can imagine. And his book is gritty and it's funny and it's hard hitting. His first one and this this one will be even better. Wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds like a, it's it's tough. You know, you see when you you say how horrific it is, but yet there's still some humor in there. Oh yes, everybody seems to be able to find a way to to still be funny. I think the funniest thing that that in his first book, 
no, it's in this one, sorry, was about his first ticket. He was scared to death, and it was a very good-looking woman that he pulled over and stopped. (laughs) And he was shaking so hard as he walked up, and he started to ask her for her things. And before she could get it, he dropped his ticket book on the ground and his flashlight, and they rolled under the car. So he's on his the ground digging under her car to get it. When he got up, she's laughing like crazy. And he wrote the ticket trying to keep his cool and she's giggling. And when he tore it, he tore it in half. So he couldn't even get it out of the book properly. He was struggling. Oh, he was. And she looked at him and said, first ticket. He said, Yes. <laughs> but there's many, many stories. He's, he's, uh, he's a very good storyteller. Excellent. So how, how do people get your books, the books that you've published? My books are on my website, which is samatipress.com. That's S-A-M-A-T-I press.com. And on there, all the books that I personally have written and that I have published are there. And they can, uh, there's a link to Amazon, but there's also a link if they want them signed through PayPal, and then I will send it to them and sign it however they want them. Awesome. So Les will put that in the chat for us. So she'll uh-huh. make sure that it gets in there. Um, she's already done it. Oh, that's as fast as I said. See, I'm telling you, she's, she's the best mod in the business. She's excellent at modding and modding the, uh, the chat. Yeah, it's already in there. So you're going to, uh, I guarantee you're going to get some traffic. The, um, when, whenever we do, um, a podcast like this, we call this Ant Avengers, right? So we're like the <laughs> Avengers, but everything in here is about ants. Uh, so we're the Ant Avengers. And so they come to see what can they do for our guests. So when our guests show up, these guys will get together and they'll, they'll see how they can help you. Well, that's wonderful. And anybody, anyone who is thinking of writing, And even if it's still all between their ears, that's fine. (laughs) And they want a little guidance, a little help or whatever, reach out. I'm, you can, they can reach me through the email. All the contact stuff is there. Uh, Or, or they can reach me at Sharon at Sharon S Darrow.com. What was the first book you wrote, Sharon? (laughs) The first book I wrote. That's funny. It was called. I know it would be. That's why I asked. (laughs) Bottle Cats, a complete care guide for orphan kittens. And I knew nothing about writing books. I just knew how to keep kittens in life. (sighs) And at that point, uh, I had really reached a point where I needed to stop because sleeping in two hour increments every spring through fall for 20 years in a row. That's very hard on the body. Yeah. And so I wrote this so I could kind of back out, but share the knowledge. I knew nothing, but I heard that Lulu was a place online that you could get it up and you didn't need an agent or anything. And I knew this was a niche book. The other good thing about them is they had no standards at all. (laughs) None. (laughs) The best. (laughs) Yeah, They're still there and they're a great company, but uh, I got my little book up and it was, um, the people that read it thought it was great. They were all cat people. And a lot of That's people important. did save cats' lives. But then when I went to that first meeting where all these authors were there and the president of the company or the, the group, his name was Ted Witt. He's a publisher, great guy. He was showing books and saying, you know, it's important on your cover that they're right because they what online they see is the thumbnail. You want it to be really professional. Well, I kind of, pulled my little book out of my purse and going to look at it and see how well I did. And he said, look here. And you look and you had the title. And then this person he was showing said, bye and their name. And everybody giggled. I didn't know why that was funny. You don't put 
by and your name. The by screams amateur. You just put the name. Right, right. Well, I looked at mine. I didn't even have my name on the cover. <laughs> Not at all. It was inside with by right above it. <laughs> so I tucked it back in my purse and I didn't share it. And even worse, I hadn't looked up my name. Turns out there was already a Sharon Darrow, who was a very well-known professor, writer, lecturer of young adult and children's books. Huh? I'm sure she was thrilled when my poorly written cat book was lumped right in with, with hers. hers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it worked great for you, but not so much for exactly. her. Exactly. <laughs> We're friends on Facebook now, so it's fine. But that's why I put in the initial, the S, yeah. with everything subsequent to differentiate my work from hers. Right. But that first one was pretty pitiful, but it still saved a lot of cats. I mean, and how many books do you think you actually got out there in the public? Um, well, I've how many I've sold, I don't know. But I have nine published. I have one being redone. Uh, it'll, it'll come out very, very shortly, the memoir. Uh-huh. Uh, the ones that I'm most proud of is the series I just finished. It's nonfiction. I'm sorry. It's it's called historical fiction because I don't want to get sued. But it's <laughs> nobody wants to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's inspired by my maternal grandmother, and the primary events were real for her. Right. And yes, I got my uh, psychic gifts from her. Okay. And a lot of things in her life are in there, but her life was incredibly difficult. And I wrote that thinking it'd be one book. And then I learned how different fiction and nonfiction is. It's four big books. And this is my way to honor what was an amazing woman and my mother who shared the stories. Right. And this ring was given to me by my grandmother when I was 16. And she was buried in the dress she bought for my wedding. Oh, wow. She died one month before I was married. Oh, no. That's all right. She's with us. She's fine. Yeah. Um, your daughter's probably seen her. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she, many times when I was thinking, okay, I've typed everything. What comes next? And I would go to bed and go to sleep and I would see the next scenes. They'd all unfold. And that was my grandma Laura's help. Wow. And three of the books have her, her picture on the covers. Wow. Okay. All right. I see you, Sharon. Yeah. I, I see what you're up to. That's right. I have to, <laughs> come on now. We all have to do a little self-promotion and hey, get asked. <laughs> listen, because I, I want to know. The people that are in the, in yes. the ant colony want to know, too. Yeah. I promise you, these people like you, you I, I knew that I wasn't done with you after our first meeting. Good. I mean, that first little story was enough for me. And then now the book. So there's, I mean, you're probably not going to, we're probably going to be friends for a long time. You know what? I like that. And I, you... I will tell you that you have, I don't see auras, okay? But you still project a feeling of warmth. There's some humor in there, but the main thing is warmth. You are, yes, you, you have to promote and you do that and you enjoy it. But you're also a very genuine man. If you tell me something, I know you're not blowing smoke. You may Amplify just a little bit because <laughs> that's your job. A little bit. But you're a very genuine, warm man. And well, that comes you. across very clearly. All right, so you've now ruined my uh, reputation at the school I work at. Now. <laughs> I've been trying to be a tough guy there since I got there. And then, now nobody will believe me. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to this. Yes. Um, and then I'm going to let you out of here because when you come back the next time, it'll be like our real 
podcast. It'll it'll take probably two hours because I'm gonna I really dig into your um into I'll, your other stories. I'll bring the books too. I cannot wait. I'm excited. Um, so we're gonna talk about um the, the this one is the 28th. Yes. Yes. So what happened during the COVID year? Did you guys just not have one at all? Uh, we compromised and we did it through Zoom at the home of uh, uh, Amy Rogers, who's our treasurer. And we did not have very many people. We had the officers there kind of spread apart. Right. And we did it all through Zoom and then sent the awards to the people. Um, some people did come, but they had to stay way apart if they were maybe picking up copies of their books or whatever that we had. Right. But we we followed all the COVID directives to try and keep people safe. We're very, very conscious. And men, a lot of our members are old. You know, I'm no spring chicken here. And we want to make <laughs> sure either. that everybody is, well, I'm sure I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> but we want to protect everyone. Right. And so we were very conscious of that. And no, continuity is important. Yeah. We didn't skip any years. Good, we Just good. use that method. And you're excited. I know you're excited this year to have everybody back. Oh, we are. I'm a hugger and I'm, and we may have masks on, but we're still going to be doing some hugging. Right. So, well, I mean, so this, this is the first one, this is the first big event after the COVID years. So next year, even bigger, right? Yes. And then where's this one going to be located? It's a very nice place. It's the Cherry Island Golf Course ah. in Alberta. And they have a really nice big room. Uh it's catered. They have a, a really super staff. So it's a nice buffet. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets plenty to eat. And people, the tickets are just $30. That's not bad for a nice meal. That's and a, definitely not bad. Hey, and to come see you and Wiz, come on. I mean, you're worth honestly, it. Honestly, right it's there. a bargain. It is a bargain. bargain. <laughs> and just seeing us, that's a bargain. <laughs> there you go. And there, uh, all the books that are entered will be there and can be purchased. Nice. And people who have won awards can have their books there. So you can buy the books and have the author sign them. Uh, for the meal, there's a tri-tip and I think there's also a chicken plus all the side things and a vegan meal for those like me that's not going to eat the tri-tip and the chicken. Okay. My biggest problem is everybody says, hey, that looks good. We're going to get that too. So come on, guys. There's a few of us that that's all we're eating. <laughs> <laughs> Poor vegans. Uh, but it's, it, it'll just, it's a very warm, family-friendly night. Don't usually have a bunch of children, although this year. We will have at least two, one I know, but I will tell people up ahead, if anybody knows the girl, don't spoil it, please. Right. We actually had a children's book written and illustrated and the story made up by a third grader. What? Yes. She did a wonderful job and she, rather than put her against the others, although she actually did a really good job, she's getting a very special Young Writers Award. Wonderful. And we wanted her there to be recognized and to receive that award. That's going to be exciting. I think so. Yeah. And and you're probably starting something. I hope so. Yeah. Because people, so many people, and I'm sure you've met and they say, oh yeah, I've been told I ought to write a book because I had this amazing life. Well, we want to encourage you to do that. Yeah. Write it. Exactly. And it starts with childhood. And there's many children that can do this young lady just had the encouragement and the help and her godmother does write and publish children's books. She's the one I was talking about, right. but the young lady, she did all these illustrations. She actually wrote, I was kidding that that's an original font there. 
Yeah. Nobody else has it. No, it's her font. Exactly. She wrote it. Oh, she's got to copyright it. She did a great job. That's okay. I gotta, I, you know, being a producer, I gotta move around. I gotta get over there to this <laughs> stupid computer when this thing doesn't do, do what it's supposed to do. All right. So June fifth. June fifth. What else is coming? Up? Anything else that you want everybody out there to know about besides your your publishing company, which you already have? The in fair. There? The uh, fair. The state fair. Um, I forgot the dates, but it, you know you can find the dates online. And Les is going to find while you're talking right now. Leslie's cu- currently looking wonderful. up the dates. It's been hard, and I know it's been hard for uh, for people who are normal vendors because we only found out that it was actually going to take place within the last month, and that's crazy hard right. for vendors who have to pay and get set up and so forth. Yeah. But come out to the California Authors Booth, and if there's a particular author you, that you want to see, check the schedule, because all the authors are not there every day. Right. There's like seven or eight each day, but there's usually a total of about 30 different authors, and you can come out and see them. One that many of your authors may know, she's probably our most famous author, Brenda Novak, mm. is a New York Times bestseller for years. She's probably got about 40 she does romance and uh, mystery romance, and she always comes out to the fair at least a day or two and has long lines of loyal fans right, coming to I'll see bet. her. I just saw we we have a Pulitzer Prize, Prize winner here in Sacramento, too. Somebody from the B just won a Pulitzer Prize. Fantastic. Right? I was surprised by that. You know, you don't, you get, you know, New York Times and all that. Like, you can watch them post. You, you, mm-hmm. you expect to see those names within Sacramento B. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Somebody from Sacramento just won the Pulitzer Prize? Mm hmm. Pretty, pretty cool. I was actually surprised. Well, I'm proud of it. But Sacramento area and the surrounding area truly has a very, very rich and varied writing community. Yeah. Poets and just everything you can name. All kinds. Some of them are genre specific, uh, like the uh, Capital Crimes. They are part of the national group that does mysteries, but Capital Crimes, they have many good speakers and everybody there writes mysteries. And they say that their group has more fun than anybody <laughs> because in their books, they get to kill people. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's that's their thing. I mean, <laughs> I guess if that's, what you, if that's what you're into. <laughs> and there's uh, the Sacramento Valley Rose. They are romance writers and they're part of a national organization. Uh, California Writers Club. Uh, we have a local chapter. They're a statewide organization. There's many, many different. And I apologize to the ones I didn't mention. I'm sorry. But we all coordinate and support one another. And everyone's a little different. So anybody who thinks of writing, go online and check out. Go to a meeting, find out, and you will find that people are willing to help you and guide you and support you the whole way. Uh, Leslie put in here the state fairs the 15th through the 31st of July. There you go. I told you she she would be on it. That's that wonderful. Fast. Yeah. But come on out and see the authors at that. I booth. think we're going to have to hang out. I mean, I think we're, we're creating a whole new community for you guys. I hope so. You didn't know that the ant colony has been here and this is what, you know, something else for us to, to aunt, get into. Ants are strong. It's so strong. Yeah. And there's so many of us. <laughs> if you come in my house, you're going to get stepped on. But nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I kind of kill them here too. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm amazing. glad you came out. I'm glad we got to talk about this. Thank you. I can't wait for you to come back and we can talk about dead people. 
We will. I, I'm, I'm super excited about I that. Cleared houses of them and talked to them. It's no big deal. Uh, it kind of sounds like a big deal. <laughs> kind of sounds like a big deal. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, uh, June the 5th, you're going to have me and Sharon and the wizard, and we're going to do this award banquet. We're going to meet some authors. We're going to talk about some books and, and have a good time. It'll be fun. Cherry. What's it called? Cherry. Cherry Island. Cherry Island. I was thinking Cherry Hill. Cherry Island. Golf Cherry Court. Island Golf Course in Alberta. It's awesome. very easy to find. And they have lots and lots of parking. That's important. Okay. So come out. Enjoy. Have a good dinner. Talk to some authors. Learn how to publish your story. Talk to Sharon about dead people. Absolutely. I mean, you could talk to me and Ron if you want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> we'll be there. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. I appreciate you coming out and telling everybody about it. Um, Les has all your details in the chat. So if you guys are out there listening, check the chat right now and you can see the websites and everything. Uh, 28th annual uh, NCPA Book Awards yes. this year, June the 5th. Sharon, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you so much. and. Or indulging our um, our technical difficulties that we jumped in in the beginning, but I'll fix. Nobody knows. No problem. I'm going to go back and fix them anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I it's been a ball. I can't I'm wait for you to come to back. It. I will. I'm looking forward to. It. We're going to have a good time. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, Aunt Vengers. Thank you guys for jumping in. As always, we appreciate you. Hey, don't forget tomorrow, all new Wizard Wednesday. We're also going to have um, uh, tomorrow at eleven. He's going to have some people out here from Tractor Days. We're going to talk about Tractor Days again tomorrow, which is coming. Coming up this Friday and Saturday. Uh, then you got a couple of weeks off and you guys can check us out at Cherry Island. Sounds good. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hey, you guys appreciate you. And we will check with you guys next time. Peace. Peace.